This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, with my host and co-host and mother, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Gosh, we, we've got a really interesting show today because, uh, you know, we were um, given a wonderful honor by First Candle, which is an organization for people who've had a stillbirth, miscarriage, SIDS, and things that aren't talked about very often. And we uh, received a wonderful award from them. It was called the Marion Sokol Award because Marion had done a huge amount for stillbirth and for um, pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, so I'm really honored and happy today. We're going to have somebody on the show, Heidi, who's going to be talking about personal experience with with stillbirth and uh, with with miscarriage. Yes, so, Mom. Uh, and like you said, I am so honored to have gotten this award by First Candle, and to be building more awareness for miscarriage, pregnancy loss, and stillbirth. Miscarriage is a topic near and dear to my heart, as I've had two miscarriages. And I've said over and over again, and those of you that out there that have had miscarriages know what I'm talking about, it is an extremely minimized and unacknowledged loss. And I'm going to be really interested to talk with our guest because she's had personal experience with miscarriage as someone that has had a miscarriage and with stillbirth because her daughter had a stillbirth. So it'll be interesting so to hear really from her. So we're really talking about grandparent loss too here, right, Heidi? Absolutely. Yep. Pamela has lost a child and a grandchild. Okay, so uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. So our guest today, Mom, is Pamela Christie. Pamela is a bereaved parent and grandmother. She's also one of our Open to Hope authors. Her experience in not only losing her own child, but in supporting her daughter, Rhiannon, after the loss of Sophia Grace, have led her and her daughter on a journey of supporting others, including sharing their family's experience and passing along suggestions for coping and supporting those who have experienced pregnancy and infant loss. Welcome to the show, Pamela. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. So great to have you on, Pamela. And I know you're from Canada, so uh, welcome from (laughs) Canada. Well, I wanted, we talked about your daughter a little bit. She was only how old? Uh, Tell us a little bit about her loss. Well, you had a a miscarriage, what, five years ago? Talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, It was an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, We had uh, four teenage children, and I got pregnant, and uh, it was due to um, my husband's vasectomy needing to be done a second time. Uh, But we had embraced the fact that we were going to become parents at... uh, what we felt was a late stage for us, considering um, our children were in uh, teenage years. And uh, four oh my gosh, into- what a shock! You had thought you had everything covered. <laughs> we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did. And um, so, four months into the pregnancy, I did have a miscarriage. And uh, I mean, obviously, as you said, Heidi, it's devastating and it's minimized and. Um, I think that, you know, that was one of those things where, um, you know, we, we grieved and uh, we were grateful for the four children we had, but obviously we also had that, you know, the what ifs and the, you know, who would this child have been and who would they have looked like and, you know, all those things that you go and, through. And Pamela, I mean, four months mm-hmm. is fairly far along. 
It is. Um, did you know the gender of your child at four I, months? No, we did not. Okay, because that's not. not, you know, an early, I mean, you're starting to kind of show, et cetera. I'm wondering uh, if you also had really started to wrap your arms around the idea of having a fifth child. I'm, I imagine you had at that point. Yes, we had, actually. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we'd we already started to um, make room and bought, you know, some of the necessary baby things that, of course, uh, we'd gotten rid of long ago. And so we were definitely um, preparing ourselves and and also as a family, just preparing for the, the many changes that we were expecting. Well, well, that's what I was thinking. And I'm sure that your teenagers were thrilled at the idea of having a little baby in the house. Uh, the two girls were, yeah. the boys were, <laughs> they were a little unsure at first, but then obviously as time went on, and I think once I started to show that definitely made it more real. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, you lost that baby. Now, did you, did you miscarriage at home or did you have to go to the hospital? I, I did it at home. Mm-hmm. I, I felt because most comfortable with that mm-hmm. and, um, and then from there we just um dealt with everything through the midwives and um but yeah i wanted to be at home mm-hmm. so um we you know we could spend a whole time just on that but let's fast forward a little bit um 3 years later talk about what happened to your daughter so our daughter was 16 and pregnant and uh we Obviously, just like with anything, it was a, a shock for us, and and it was one of those um, times when we did come together as a family, and and we decided that okay, you know, we're we're going to support her and love her and and care for her and this baby, and uh, she had an excellent pregnancy. She was very, she took excellent care of herself. Um, she had midwives and. Um, she did everything right. That's what the mm-hmm. feeling was, and um, she was full term um, and actually overdue. Uh, she was due on the 30th of October, and um, so on November 10th, they were going to induce her, and that morning, her labor started on its own, and uh, when we had the midwives come to check her, uh, there was no heartbeat at wow. that point. And um, so it, we were taken to the hospital, and at that stage they confirmed um, that there was, in fact, no heartbeat. And so then the process began um, for Rhiannon to give birth. And um, you're offered options. They'll allow you to go home if you wish to sort of deal with the news. And uh, Rhiannon chose to stay and, and just... Um, be able to give birth and, and meet her child, and and then we would go from there. And was her child a boy or a girl? It was a girl, and, Sophia Grace. Oh, Sophia, of course, it was a little girl. Wow, again, that must have been really devastating, because I imagine you go through a lot of emotions when your teenager gets pregnant, and by the time they're at that place, everybody's, I would imagine, it sounds like, very excited and looking forward to having this little girl in your life. That's right. That's exactly it. We mm-hmm. We had all... I think realize that, okay, we're going to have this child here and we're, you know, there's all these things, you know, the, all the fun and all the memories that we're going to create and, and who is this child going to be and, you know, all of the things that, uh, that, that you go through as grandparents and, and with our other children as aunts and uncles. And um, it was a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. So how do they handle this in Canada? I mean, do they... Uh, 
you know, we have heard different stories of how, how things are handled well, and we've heard some terrible stories of yeah. how things are handled very, very badly. And I wondered, how, how was it handled with, after the baby was born? After Sophia was born, uh, everyone was excellent. We actually, the nurse that spent the most amount of time with us was someone that had been a nurse for almost 30 years. She had experienced all types of uh, births, and um, so she was excellent. She really uh, spent, she stayed with us the whole time, um, and once Sophia was born, they allowed us to have time with her, and then they took her, cleaned her. They actually had clothing there, um, so they put her in a pretty pink dress mm-hmm. with a bonnet and a blanket and gave her a little lamb, and they took pictures of her. Um, they did casts of her hands and feet for us in, um, uh, like, ceramic casts, if oh, you will. Um, and then brought her back, and we got to spend more time with her. I mean, they were not rushing us in any way. We did not have to leave at any certain time. We were just allowed to be present um, and and spend as much time as we wanted with Sophia. That's incredible. It must have been extremely emotional also, I imagine. It was. It was very emotional. And obviously the... One of the biggest things is the fact that, you know, you're preparing to take a baby home and now you're not. And so, you know, I I think the worst thing that I experienced at that hospital after obviously getting the news that there was no heartbeat is the fact that I had to ask my daughter to leave her daughter behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that took some time and we didn't want her to feel like we were rushing her. But again, it was, you know, we... There were so many things now that had to happen, you know, preparing um, to talk with the funeral home and, you know, diff- different things that obviously you don't have to take into consideration when your baby is born alive. Right. Did they have any idea why Sophia Grace died? I know you said her heart stopped. Um, she had, The cord was around her neck twice. Oh, okay. And it just um, so it cut off her, her oxygen yeah. and that was, yeah. So did uh, your other children see her or just uh, the parents? Um, and and was the father involved at all? So um, Rhiannon's uh, boyfriend at the time, we did call him to the hospital so that he could be there. Um, and so he was there uh, just before she gave birth and then was able to be in the room afterwards and um, and then our youngest daughter, who was um, 15 at the time, she was there throughout the whole thing. She never left her sister's side. It was wow. totally amazing and, and heartwarming to just see that she she just did not want to leave her. And um, And then my husband was there as well, not during the actual birth itself. He left the room, but during labor and just to be support, and he stayed in the room, and um, so... And then our um, our two sons uh, were at home just sort of fielding calls and because a few family members were aware. And so they were just here and sort of holding down the fort at home. And then um, we were very blessed with the funeral home that uh, we chose that once Sophia was there, they allowed us to come and spend time with her there as well. They had a cradle. They took her blanket. Oh, my gosh. This was um, incredible. Yeah, we were... I, I haven't heard a story 
that's been handled so well yes. about a stillbirth I, like this. Yeah, I, I feel right. like we um, we were given so much. I mean, obviously it's a devastating time, but the outpouring of love and caring that we received was amazing. So I wondered, uh, I know that you've done some things to honor Sophia. What have you done? Uh, well, um, our daughter Rhiannon, um, the one thing that we did have was her footprints and handprints. So Rhiannon got a tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's a big butterfly, and it has her actual uh, footprints and handprints and her date of birth and her name. And then I got a tattoo as well. It's a butterfly that says Sophia Grace. Uh, we made donations towards memory boxes for our local hospitals, which oh, are... that's a nice idea that's to right. help others. Mm-hmm. Yes, to, they're given to parents. So some are specific for stillbirth. Some are specific to miscarriage. There's um, letters inside. There's ink pads. There's um, just a number of different items that are now available to families that might experience this. Um, we did a scrapbook um, because we were lucky enough to be able to take photos of Sophia. We did a scrapbook that just contains all kinds of mementos and things that people made and cards that were received and all of that. Um, and then her, she was cremated, so her ashes we have in an urn. Our daughter Rhiannon has them in a uh, locket. And then there's also a toy lamb that Rhiannon has that has the bulk of her ashes inside the, the the lamb. Wow, Pamela, I am impressed. These are such yeah. great ideas and such amazing ways to pay tribute and memorialize your, your granddaughter, Sophia. I mean, it's just an incredible story of, of how to do this. I Thank love you. it. Thank you. Now, you just celebrated... Uh, uh, Sophia Grace's, um, that's such a pretty name, mm-hmm. but you just celebrated her second birthday, right? We did. We did. Yes. And, and what uh, have you done for that? So each, um, so for the two years on her birthday, we have baked her a cake and decorated um, an area of the house as we would if she was here with us with balloons and streamers and all of those kind of things. Um, we have uh, sung happy birthday to her. Uh, we've taken pictures. Uh, each year, Rhiannon has written a letter to her mm-hmm. that sort of um, talks about where she is at right now and, and what she wants her daughter to know um, so that she can keep that again in her scrapbook. Um, and then uh, this year, we also did a balloon release where um, we wrote notes to her. We put a picture with them, and uh, actually a friend of our family, he wrote a note as well. He considers Sophia his niece, and and then we released Mm -hmm. them. Uh, We're right at Lake Ontario, so we went down to the lake and released the balloons and watched them fly away, and we actually put a note on there if anyone was to find them to contact us, because we'd love to know how far she went. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That is beautiful. Well, you know, I think it's amazing the way you, your family has embraced this thing. What kind of insights do you have for grandparents? I mean, it's got to be hard as a parent. You not only lost a grandchild, but you also have to see your daughter suffer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think one of the main things is respecting each other's grief. Um, each of us expresses ourselves in a different way, and sometimes we need our space. 
um, to just allow our feelings and to honor them. And I also think to be able to express yourself, you know, when I, I want to be able to share what memories I do have of the pregnancy and birth of my granddaughter and, and things that have happened. And um, so I want to be able to express that and not feel like I shouldn't be. So I have joined a couple of grandparent groups on Facebook and LinkedIn where you can feel comfortable. You're sharing with other grandparents and you go through a lot of emotions, as you know. I mean, there's anger, there's sadness. There are some celebrations and joy that you feel. And, and to be able to just be with all of that and not feel like you have to act a certain way. And, and then also to be able to support um, our daughter is to allow her to express herself in whatever way she needs to as well. Again, there's that whole gamut of emotions. You know, sometimes there's anger, sadness. Sometimes we talk about what could have been and what what kind of girl we expect she might have been and her strong will and, you know, all of those kind of things. And as grandparents, often we're left to cope on our own because everyone's very focused on the parents of the child and and not that we would want it any other way, but you know, we're experiencing double the grief. We're watching our child's grief and then having lost our grandchild. So I think just being able to to share as much as we can and as honestly as we can is really a a very big part of the process. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you uh, have have followed uh, the Compassionate Friends Facebook, right? I have, yes. Uh, I I share a lot of their messages. And, Mom, tell people out there about this. I mean, there's a Facebook page. Yeah, you can go to the CompassionateFriends.org website. The Compassionate Friends is people, are for people who have lost a child, a grandchild, or a sibling. And there are all sorts of blogs, and one of them is uh, pregnancy, loss, miscarriage, and stillbirth. Is that the combination mm-hmm. of the whole thing? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I, I'm a member of it also. It's a, great, it's, a, it's a great Facebook page. There are 15 Facebook pages um, out there at the Compassionate Friends, they are all closed groups. There's a sibling loss. There's one for stigmatized losses. There's one for drug overdoses. There's one, this one for the stillbirth miscarriage. There's a lot out there, and they're closed, which is I love, because you know only you know we can really talk candidly and openly about our own experiences. And someone that hasn't had that experience isn't on the site making any kind of comments. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and again, it goes back to being able to honestly express yourself because there are times where, you know, the emotions just well up inside of you and to be able to share what you're feeling, to offer support to others. And I I often think it's like so much that goes on in, in our lives. You'll get a message or you'll see a quote or an image and it just, it's at the exact right time where you think, wow, I really needed to see or read that. And it's just... As much as some people may think, oh, you know, that's not much support, it really is because somebody else out there is feeling that same thing. They took the time to express it, and you know you're not alone. Absolutely. You know, Uh, what what I'm thinking is uh, I've been at birth uh, of my grandchildren, and that moment right before the baby takes his first breath is kind of a harrowing moment, I think. Yes. (laughs) And uh, and have you had any grandchildren subsequently? No. No, we have not. Yeah, I am thinking that was your first grandchild, so that That's is right. a lot too. And and I am thinking, 
Wow. It's, and for uh, your daughter also going through another pregnancy someday, and for you too, that's going to be something to deal with. Mm-hmm. It it will be, and and I know there's a lot of support out there for um, for anyone who is getting pregnant again after experiencing any type of loss. Is you know obviously there's fear, um, there's you know all the the questions, and and I think it's just being able to to take it one day at a time and know that okay you know this this isn't going to turn out the same, and I'm not saying it hasn't because unfortunately I, we do know families that have experienced uh, many losses, but I think it's just appreciating the the pregnancy and the birth and, and all of those things for what they are and and knowing that uh, you can handle it. it. I mean, obviously, this type of experience makes you so much stronger in so many ways and, and uh, you know, to be able to enjoy what you are given when it's given to you and and just appreciating it for that. I love that, Pamela, and we're going to close the show on that because I think that is great advice for everybody that's out there listening. So thank, thank you, you so much, much for being on the show today with us. I appreciate yeah, Pamela, it. Thank, thank you. Thank you uh, so much, and, and thank you for being an Open to Hope author, and lots of love to your daughter. Thank you so much. Yes. I and so admire that you're willing to tell your story because it's going to be so important to people. I agree. Yes, and I love the way that you continue to celebrate the life of Sophia Grace and all the rituals that you do. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, Heidi, uh, really an interesting show. These are amazing people, aren't they? Yes, I just love everything they've done. They've given us so many great ideas and and so many ideas on how to do it in the right way after a stillbirth because oftentimes I don't hear this at all. So absolutely, and and the idea of shame and guilt and fear and all those kinds of things uh, are being addressed because those are those human emotions that we do have. Well, and under I, circumstances. And I love how Pamela ended because she said, "You know what? When our when our next when our child our next child gets pregnant, we're going to embrace it and enjoy it, and we're not going to go to a place of fear. We're going to celebrate that, and we're going to just be in that moment." Absolutely. We want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our show today, and we hope that you'll tell people about Open to Hope, and particularly people that have had a pregnancy or child loss. And we, uh, as we all want to say, Heidi and I always want to say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.